I had a hobby too. Mine happened to be guns and ballistics. I studied guns and ballistics as much as I could and I wrote an article about high velocity. So out of all my years working at Weatherby, the last five have been some of the most exciting. Working with Adam, with him running the company. And to think that I get the opportunity of carrying on my grandfather's legacy 75 years later here in Sheridan, Wyoming. I mean, it really is a dream come true. On Our Mark, the Weatherby Podcast. All right, so <laughs> welcome to another episode of On Our Mark, the Weatherby Podcast. You're, we're doing things a little different. Today I'm your host, I'm Tyler Grayton, Marketing Manager at Weatherby. Typically we have Luke here as well, who's the main host, but we're doing things a little different. We're... Uh, we're in Nebraska. We're doing kind of a remote podcast. Um, I got a bunch of friends here. We we just we're on a duck hunt, so I'll kind of let everyone introduce themselves here. Starting with Mario down there. Tell us who why you are. I, why I got to be first? Because <laughs> we always like to just throw you under the bus. Uh, what else is new? That's been going on all week. <laughs> Mario Friendy, serial number three six four five. <laughs> I did a nickel and chino. <laughs> It was a small crime, so don't. <laughs> Vice president of Final Approach, uh, duck hunter, goose hunter, clown, extraordinaire. There you go. How's that? Is that good that, enough? That, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That works. Keeping it light. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Kyle Killen, international sales manager for Weatherby, and was on this not long ago, so I don't think I need to sit there and list out the... Uh, the laundry list there, like right, Mario. Right, and nobody cares. I know, no one does. <laughs> and then uh, to my to my left, we have a, a cool special guest, kind of the, the point of this podcast yes. I'm excited about. Well, I'll try um, to be cool. Um, Paul Waite, uh, Senior Manager of Communications for Delta Waterfowl. And uh, I'm a duck guy. You're and a duck guy. I'm a duck guy. I like I, that. That's, that's right. And I, I like to write about it. So that's, that's my gig. And... Um, been in communications for a long time i've been at delta since 2011 so um yeah that's pretty cool yeah i mean that's cl- climb the ladder bubba you you've you've worked it pretty hard well it's a passion man just yeah, yeah. i mean that's that's, that's why, why we're here. all sitting There's, here yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly you know so yeah but yeah so um yeah we had paul out so with kyle kind of tell us what what are we doing here where where are we at so a rundown we are at Whiskey Slough in Kearney, Nebraska. Um, met Paul at Delta because I was hanging out with Mario, which usually leads to poor decisions. But you know, a chance, a hundred percent chance of poor decisions. <laughs> like yes, but every now and then things work out good. So uh, we got Paul, and we're out here uh, filming the Last Pass, making another episode of that. Yeah. So and uh, just kind of getting some content for the upcoming year and. I mean, we only get three months to really get what we need. Yeah, so. you kind of had to just go hard for those three months there. I mean, the next, I mean, we already kind of talked about our schedule, but the next couple months is going to be busy. Very, yeah, very busy. So we'll, uh, well, I mean, how how much are you home next month? Not not very much, like a, yeah. a week. I'll, yeah. be, I'll be in Sheridan for about a week next month, and then I'll be traveling all over the place. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah I hear good. that. So. Well, and you guys got a, I mean, you guys got a, 
you got to con- you got to do content for you know big game you got to you know you got to do deer elk you got to do everything that sheep you got to do everything that you know on the big game side thank god i don't have to do that i mean no disrespect but oh man i can't i don't have time i don't <laughs> it's a couple of different mindsets there for sure you got a di- a bunch of different product launches too yeah so it's just a kind of a, a two different mindsets when you're talking you know the shotgun line yeah. versus the rifle lineup yeah but yeah I mean, you you got to be focused on both. Like, I'm just, I'm there. So, I stay in my lane. <laughs> I'm like you, Mario. Just <laughs> focused on ducks. Ducks and geese. Yes. You know? Stay in the lane. Every once in a while, we stray into things like, you know, sandhill cranes oh, or yeah. something like that. Or but snows, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much Pretty right. much has to have wings for us to, to pay it much attention. And crows. <laughs> and crows. <laughs> So yeah, we I'd, I'd say it's pretty safe that we all get pretty excited about ducks and geese, and you know that's kind of what interests me is from the Delta standpoint. Kind of tell us about one thing that's been kind of catching my ear this last year is the the million duck campaign. Yeah, so, so I kind of wanted to just jump into that real quick, kind of give it from your perspective, and kind of see where it goes from there. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah, the Million Duck Campaign uh, is a huge initiative for Delta Waterfowl, and we've been building up to it um, um, for the last couple of years. So it was exciting to announce it at our expo in July in Little Rock, Arkansas. Basically, what the Million Duck Campaign is, is our our goal is to produce one million ducks, additional ducks, and have those ducks migrate, of course. And, um, you know, a lot of them will end up flying in front of hunters and, you know, that's ultimately what we're trying to do. So our, our mission at Delta Waterfowl is to produce ducks and ensure the future of waterfowl hunting. And so the million duck campaign plays right into it. Um, the major component of, um, the million duck campaign, obviously to, is to produce ducks. And we do that by, uh, some of our programs, our duck production programs, which include predator management and the hen houses, which are nesting structures. Um, and we've been doing hen houses and predator management since the 1990s. So we've refined these programs and we feel like, you know, we can, we know we can make a lot of ducks, uh, by implementing these programs on a much broader scale. And of course that takes money. So the million duck campaign is a $250 million, um, fundraising campaign, which will create an endowment fund to fund that duck production activity every year in perpetuity. So so it's not just a short one-time thing where we're going to make a million ducks and then right. see what happens. We're going to be able to continue to make a million ducks for duck hunters uh, throughout North America, which is really a cool thing. And, you know, it's kind of that North Star. We We haven't uh, necessarily had a, a defined goal like that. And it's a bold and amb- ambitious goal. Yeah. And uh, it's really fun to be part of um, um, on the communication side, for sure. So. so when you guys started this, how long did it take? Like the buildup, give me the buildup or the backstory leading up to the campaign. Yeah, so... Um, like I said before, uh, we've been studying uh, predator management and implementing predator management but uh, since 1994, and our hen house program really started in 1990. 
And so we've had these programs for a long time, um, you know, in uh, so now this is just a big ramp up, right? So um, what we, what we recognized is that um, you know we do a lot of habitat work um, as a conservation organization for waterfowl, but what we've recognized is you know we've got to take the habitat that's out there and really maximize it. Like there's, you know, there's a lot of habitat that's been conserved that's just not producing ducks. And so the Million Duck Campaign is is a way for us to take that habitat where the ducks are naturally growing or, or going, I mean, and and really turn it into a duck factory. Yeah. Let's let's produce some ducks because you know, um, you know, we don't get excited about properties we get excited about ducks in the air and numbers yeah and so so that's really what it is we're we're taking this and we're gonna maximize duck production uh everywhere we can well and you talk about you talk about that right you talk about like a property but then you talk about uh maybe it's not producing well maybe it is producing but maybe the nests are getting you know raided and that's the predator management side. Right. So, like, listen, that's my favorite thing. Like, I'm not, like, the, the the places that I have, you know, access to and what I can work on, like, we're not holding ducks. Like, we we're, we go totally dry in the summer, right? They go back to the refuge systems and everything. So, the properties that I maintain and work on and do all that, like, it, it doesn't matter. But the predator management side, <laughs> I'm on. You know what I mean? I am 100% in on that anywhere I can go because that makes a huge difference. There's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and predation is the, is the number one thing that, that happens to a duck nest. Um, you know, um, I'm not a waterfowl biologist. I want to make that clear, but I work (laughs) with a whole bunch of them at Delta waterfowl who are among the brightest minds uh, in waterfowl management. And so, uh, um, so I, I hear from them and I've, Obviously, I, I know all of them well. Um, but yeah, uh, predation is a huge problem. Um, and, and part of it is because the habitat that we have in the prairie pothole region is, you know, intensely farmed and it's become fragmented. And if you've got just a small patch of grass over there next to a wetland, well, that's where the ducks are going to go. That's also where the predators are going to go. That's where everything's going to go. That's right. And so, so you compress everything, and and a and a duck has to spend a lot of time on a nest to hatch those eggs. And right. So, you know, it's it's tough. Yeah. For those ducks to pull off a hatch in, in some of these places, and so what predator management and hen houses too um, do is kind of level the playing field. They give those ducks a chance to hatch a nest um, because, you know, it kind of puts the predator-prey balance back in check a little bit. Um, and so that's why it's effective. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we want to, again, like I said, maximize uh, duck production on the habitat that we have conserved um, and, and other organizations have conserved as well. So going through that predator management, what is like the – um, how are like how can you maximize predator management? Like, is there incentives or like are you encouraging people to get out more and, and 
you know, go back to doing more trapping and things? That is a part of it, but as a small part. So we actually, um, uh, we control predators on the landscape, um, in the, in the spring, um, our, our control, uh, trappers are out there in March and they, um, manage the predators on landscape through July. And it's, it's blocks of cover. Um, and those, those blocks are selected. Um, we, we pick areas where there's high densities of ducks, where the ducks want to go, where they want to nest, but there's not enough cover there. You know, it's, it's, it's an area where, um, those raccoons and skunks are probably going to find most of those nests. So in that way, we're able to, like I said, kind of balance the predator prey thing out a bit and, and give those ducks a chance to hatch a nest there. So we, we have contract, um, trappers that we, we work with, um, to do that work. And it's, it's really effective. Um, and now we're going to scale that up. Um, you know, and, and it, it's pretty amazing to me. Um, the first time I ever saw a, a predator management project, um, it was a, a field in North Dakota and it was only a couple hundred acre field. And, um, they were, they were, Delta was doing predator management work there. And, I remember the number. There was 486 duck nests on a 200-acre, and like 50-some, I don't remember exactly, but 50-some percent of them, more than half of those nests hatched. You think about that for a minute. 200 acres, there was, you know, 250 duck nests that hatched. That's a lot of ducks. Yeah. A couple yeah. hundred acres. Right. You know, and... And in some other areas, uh, nearby control areas where we're not trapping, but we're just checking nest success, you know, nest success is five or 10%. So you're, you're only hatching, you know, a handful of nests on those same, you know, that, so that's the dramatic difference that predator management does make. Everybody's got to do their part, you know, if they can. Yeah. So it's exciting. It's a, it's a great thing to be part of, and you know, it's it's been uh, received well by the public because all of us are duck hunters, and you <laughs> yeah. know, we even though we saw it, I know we were snow goose hunting today, but we saw, you know, twenty, thirty thousand snow geese. We would have liked to have seen fifty <laughs> or a hundred thousand snow geese. Right. So, right. So yeah. So explain the the hen explain like what a hen house is to someone who might not know what that is and then um we were talking in the blind yesterday just about hen house numbers and kind of walk me through that and the goal and and the plans on that yeah so as part of the million duck campaign uh we want to have a hundred and ten thousand hen houses uh on the landscape so what a hen house is and and maybe you've seen them on the prairie um, because we have about ten thousand program hen houses out um, they're a nesting cylinder, um, and we put them over water. They're on a on a pole um, over water. And again, the goal there is to keep that duck, that nesting hen, um, out of the way of predators. So if you put that uh, that pole with that nest structure 
out in the water away from the bank, not out in the middle, but away from the bank right. on a small slough. Um, and they're used primarily by mallards. Where that hen mallard wants to be anyway, um, you know, the raccoons don't get to that. They can't get up that pole. They yep. don't. So you, you eliminate, mostly eliminate uh, predation by um, raccoons and skunks and some other um, predators, nest predators. Um, what we've found is uh, use rates by hen mallards um, can be 70-80%. And then a nest success in a hen house in, in some areas, some of the studies we've done, is, is between 60 and 80% as well. Um, and then if you compare that to the mallard in that same wetland nesting over there in the grass, right. their nest success in some cases is like 5%. So you've given that duck that's in that nest tube a heck of a boost. Yeah, like that's, that, that's crazy yeah. percentage change. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's really dramatic. And, and uh, so the other thing, too, is um, a lot of ducks, you know, so the hen hatches the nest right in the grass, you know, 500 yards from a wetland. Now those ducklings got to get from that nest bowl, and they're peeping, making noise, all the way to the wetland where they're safer, right? right. Um, you know, whereas okay, they're they're in a tube right over the water. When they leave the nest, boom, they're they, they can be in the cover in like seconds, right. right? So, so it eliminates some of the the predation on the actual duckling too. Um, it it can. So so it gives a gives them a chance as well, and and the hens are safer as well in that in that nest tube um another thing that our biologists often emphasize is that um a lot of hens die during the nesting season um so at the hands of predators right, right. and so anything that protects that hen is also a good thing for duck production so how how are you guys uh measuring that hen success rate is this biologist on the ground or or how does how do you guys conduct some of those surveys right so uh a couple different ways um kind of the the tried and true method is uh you know to search for nests in the grass you drag a chain between two atvs and then when the bird flushes you know it's and i've been on the prairie um, you know, with with the researchers when they're doing this, you kind of step lightly because you don't want to step on the nest. You're like, okay, I know there's a nest somewhere right in this little area. Right. So then you actually have to visually find the nest. That's the that's been the standard way to find nests, um, duck nests. Now, however, we've been working with drones since 2016 or 17, I think 17. Um, and we've been using thermal imaging cameras uh, to find uh, duck nests. And so it's less invasive um, and, and uh, you know, we can find more nests or as many nests that way. It's a lot less, you know, if you have one drone pilot um, versus 12 people out dragging chains around, um, you know, and it, once you know where that nest is, you can fly your drone back there and, and, and observe it that way. 
And so we're also doing some uh, in in uh, coming up in 2023, we're going to initiate some research um, with drones to determine nest success um, uh, that way using drones. So it's kind of exciting. So that's like and I, that's I get like to write duck, about that too. That's like duck surveys of the future, it, and it's now. It is, yeah. It, it's 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 uh it's kind of cutting edge to be running around with with uh, drones. You know, it's uh, I'm sure that uh, research scientists 25 years ago, you know, would have really thought it to be futuristic. <laughs> but you're right, it's now. So, yeah. yeah. Um. On some of these hen programs, so that stems from Canada all the way down to the prairie pothole of the United States, or is it, how does that work too? Yeah, so um, we're focused on the prairie pothole region. Um, it's people who know about waterfowl management, we often call the prairie pothole region the duck factory because, you know, obviously conditions vary from year to year, but uh, 50 to 70% of the ducks. Um, in North America are hatched in this prairie pothole region, which um, is the Dakotas, um, eastern Montana, a uh, little bit of Minnesota, uh, and some of Iowa. Then it extends up into uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. So that's the core. That is the prairie pothole region. Um, so that's primarily where we where we do uh, our, our duck production work, we do have hen houses in some other places outside of the prairie pothole region. Um, so, and we have been, um, we have been, uh, exp- we, we have some studies, some research in some other places. Um, we've tried some hen house uh, research out east in the Atlantic Flyway. Um, I believe we're going to launch uh, a hen house pilot program or not a program it's uh more research than anything else in california um to this year so it's a small pilot project but um anywhere we can make ducks you're gonna be there that's what we're trying to do yeah (laughs) we we're all about you know we we call ourselves the duck hunters organization and you know it's about uh producing ducks and is that a mix of public, private people who are just duck enthusiasts that will allow you guys to do programs like that? Or yeah, so um, we're a membership organization. So um, and we also have a chapter system. So I don't know the current number of chapters, but it's somewhere around four hundred, I believe. Um, we also have um, a fair number of private donors. Um, who are like all of us, passionate waterfowlers, um, you know, care about conservation. So, so those folks help fund things as well. What do you need me? No, I'm just seeing if you guys got any questions. I'll, I feel like I'm I'll, talking a lot. I'll, I'll so. jump in in a second. Go. You oh, go. I'm just getting memorized. I'm like, I'm just sitting here like listening to this, and I'm like, that's a lot of projects and a lot of like. I'm still going back to the mortality rate of nests and looking at how much difference it makes just by doing that hen hut. Yeah. I mean, that's just to me impressive. And it's like, why, why have more people not been doing that on? Yeah, it, it, it really is. The results are there. Um, you know, I think there's been a lot of focus in waterfowl management and conservation circles on habitat and rightly so um, we work on habitat 
uh, projects too. We've got, you know, people working on the, the 2023 farm bill. Um, you know, we're working on all kinds of initiatives, uh, to conserve, um, these wetlands, um, because, you know, it starts there without wetlands, there's, you know, there's not going to be waterfowl. So, so not to diminish that at all in any way, like I said, this is a, a complementary, the Million Duck Campaign is a complementary strategy to get the most out of that habitat, right? right? So, so that's what we're trying to do. It's, it's, it's not a replacement, but um, your question is, um, is, is right. There's been a lot of focus on, on habitat, so much so that it's almost excluded some of the other things. And yeah. so what we're doing now is saying, hey, yeah, we know habitat is the thing, but there's other things. What can we do with this habitat? We've got it, you know, let's, let's make it make the most amount of, you know, let's get the most out of it. Yeah. Increase the quality of the habitat overall. Right. And yeah. Increase the duck production. Right. The numbers. Yeah. 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 Increase the duck production possibility on that habitat. California is a great place for you guys to step in and do stuff because they do have great hatches and then they have huge success in the whole state. Like they grow you wouldn't think they would grow a lot of ducks, but they have a lot of local grown ducks there. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm a Midwestern guy, but yeah. uh, I I did get to go out there last uh, last December and hunt uh, in the, just north of Sacramento, and then I got to go back in July. And unfortunately, it was there to do a story about the horrible drought. Oh, it's, yeah, bad. But but I did spend enough time there to to get a, a you know some understanding of of the situation there, and it's really unique. It's not like the Prairie Pothole region at all. No, but no. but you're right in that. And again, I'm not a biologist, but it, in talking to our biologists that work for Delta, you know, there are possibilities there to to help you know, the waterfowl hunters of the Pacific Flyway in California yeah. um, boost their duck production. Yeah, huge, huge opportunities there, I think, yeah. definitely. There's a lot of local stuff there that can be done to help, and they have, there is a, you know, when you think of California, maybe you don't think of a lot of habitat, but I can tell you with the amount of clubs and refuge systems and private and public, there is a lot of habitat down there, a lot. Yeah, and the rice, uh, the rice agriculture there in the Sacramento Valley, um, yeah. which I, I toured a lot of it in July. Unfortunately, a lot of it was unplanted and yeah. bone dry. But, right. uh, but yeah, I can definitely see that there's. Yeah, you can see the amount that's yeah. there. It's, yeah, it's impressive. It is, it is, it's incredible. Yeah, I think that's a great opportunity for you guys. And I think the predator side. I think you know. I think all of it. But I think I think what folks have to understand in waterfowl hunters is. Whatever you can do to help is helpful. Like, don't think like, oh, well, I can't really make much of a difference. Like, you really can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you trap on your property or you do whatever, like, that helps, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, um, you know, getting involved in conservation, however you do it, is a good thing. You right. know, we, we um, you know... We, we obviously encourage you to, to become a member of Delta and, and other conservation organizations that, that you believe in. And, um, 
you know, we, it's, uh, it, you know, it, gone are the days when somebody else is going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Or somebody else is going to pay for it. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you got to get in and, and you know, whatever, like this is where your money's going. Like it's, it's very clear where it's going. Right. You know what I mean? I don't donate to something and then I don't know where, where it's going or how much is going. You know I mean? You guys are very transparent on where it goes. Right. Yeah. We, we try to be that. Um, yeah. We, we definitely, um, you know, we're, we're pretty much, we've been a no frills organization, you know, we're, we're yeah. putting money into programs, you know, um, in, um, you know, the million duck campaign too. Our our other pillars. Um, we have four pillars, um, Research and education is a pillar. Um, so we're continuing to do cutting-edge waterfowl research, and that's part of who we are as an organization. It's really how we how we began as a research organization and what, what we're known for. Um, and then uh, we call it Hunter 3, but it's R3, which is, you right. know, Hunter Recruitment, Retention, and Reactivation. Um, we're, we have some amazing programs um, that we've been working on. Uh, the university hunting program, which is really an interesting thing, and I could talk for a long time about that too. But, but it, it's it's pretty cool. Um, basically, we take uh, university students who are studying wildlife management, but don't have a hunting background. We uh, put them through a course essentially and teach them hunting. We hope they want to become a hunter, but you know the main goal there in addition to, you know, recruiting them as a hunter is so that they understand what it is that we do and why we like this stuff and, and how important it is for conservation. Um, so that program is, uh, pretty amazing. We've got, we've got 72 universities this year, uh, in North America that are implementing Delta's, um, um, university hunting program which is pretty cool there's there's 494 i think universities that have some type of wildlife management program and we've got 72 of them that's cool that's That's pretty cool that's awesome yeah and it's growing yeah and that should grow yeah 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 see now exciting the 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 thing that you said about that is california has um a program where Anybody that goes to work at any of their refuge systems, right, has to go through that almost that same kind of program. They have to go away for the weekend. You know, whether they whether they hunt or not or they're going to hunt, they get a hunting license, they get their duck stamp, they go to a lodge and, and they go through safety and they go through gun safety and then they go through duck identification and all this stuff. Then they go hunting, then they clean them, then they eat them. You got to do it all. Yep. yep. Or you can't get placed in a refuge system to work. Yeah. That's it. You know, and it's amazing too. Uh, the reason that there's a need for this program, uh, Dr. Frank Rohrer, um, Delta's president, chief scientist, will, you know, will tell you this. Um, you know, 25 years ago, the wildlife management students, people who studied it in college, well, they came from hunting families. You know, they, they had that background in it. Right. Now, it's not that way. Right. Like, 
you know, it's less than half of those people who are studying wildlife management who are going to be making the decisions about regulations for waterfowl hunting and waterfowl right. management. Right. They don't have that hunting background. So unless there's programs like what you're talking about and like our university hunting program to, to teach those folks, hey, this is this is what this is, right. they don't have that. You yeah, know, I it's mean, essential. Getting started as a waterfowl hunter could be pretty intimidating. Oh, yeah. It's oh, equipment yeah. heavy. It's yeah. knowledge heavy. Well, where do you go? What do you yeah. do? Like, yeah. you're, it's it's very intimidating. And it's like, you know, and listen, waterfowlers aren't the first person to tell you, like, where all the birds are. I mean, listen, <laughs> that's just, you know, and everybody laughs about it, but that's the truth. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's, like, just... You know, hey, I get a call from somebody. It's like, yeah, bro, I'll tell you where my favorite spot is. Like, here you go. Like, you know, that's not how it goes. So it's a little tough. On the universities, are they listed somewhere? Uh, Yeah, I mean. Like probably on the website? Yeah, I think think we have that information on the website. Because, I mean, if you're a, if you're a like a kid, a student, like doing that, like that would be, that would be so cool to. Right. Go and get in that man. Yeah, we we work with uh, we have a host professor at at each of those sure. universities, and then yeah, they obviously they know who their students are in their programs, and that's so cool. yeah, they that's cool. They recruit them that way. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's 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 a really cool pillar. Yeah. Um, so where is like the current population of ducks? So like ah. I kind of want to get into that sure. fluctuation. And then also kind of the benchmarks or reports that, you know, me as a hunter that I want to go see what Delta reports to see how this is performing. Right. So, so duck populations are, are interesting. So, uh, the last, uh, in, in 2020 and 2021, uh, they did not do the, the breeding population surveys yep. because of COVID concerns, right? Um, they did do the survey again this year in 2022. They do it every May. It's the most extensive wildlife survey in the world. Okay. So, um, and they always come out with a number, right? It, it, you know, uh, it's a number of ducks. And, but what people need to understand about this is, okay, that's the breeding population. That's where we started. That's the starting number, right? Right. Okay. So the key thing is really duck production, right? So where are we going to end up? How many ducks are we going to have in September, October when they start migrating, right? Right. So yes, the breeding population number is an important number because that's where you started. But you really have to look at conditions and what kind of year you had on the on the prairie. Right. Like, for example, um, last year, we probably had more ducks to start, you know, the breeding population was higher than it was this spring, but the conditions were drought on the prairie. And so we didn't make many new ducks. So the flight was much poorer last year. Fortunately, a lot of the prairie uh, this spring and over winter uh, had some really good snows, Manitoba and, and the Dakotas really got a lot of water uh, late, late in the winter and into spring, which created really good habitat for ducks. So so even though we started with a lower number this year, duck production was really pretty good in a lot of areas. And so you've got to look at it that way. Um, you know, so we do... 
something every year called our flight, our fall flight forecast. And we look at, okay, where did we start? How are the conditions? What should that translate to? You know, so we're looking at, you know, and we also have biologists who are out there doing in-house programs and predator management. So we know, you know, I'm not saying we know everything, but we have a good measure. We have a good gauge of, okay, yeah. how is this going to be? Um, <clears throat> so this year shakes out pretty good, you know, <laughs> even though, even though the, you know, when the breeding population uh, numbers came out in August from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, you know, duck numbers were down 12%. Everybody right. went, right. oh, my God, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> right. And we're going, wait, <clears throat> hold on. No, it's actually going to be okay, people. <laughs> it's going to be all right. So, so you always have to look at that. You know, what are the conditions? And um, we publish now a monthly uh, conditions map. Uh, Mike Buxton, who's uh, one of our senior waterfall program managers, um, he actually does a lot of work with uh, the predator management program for Delta. Um, you know, he's, he's put together this conditions map and it's pretty cool. So every month you can look and look at, you know, where your ducks come from and go, Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's blue and that's good. It's <laughs> excellent. You know, the breeding conditions are good. So you can kind of use some of those tools that we have yeah. developed, you know, and they're, and they're not just random. They're scientifically, you know, we're, you know. Not me, but those guys are waterfall right. biologists. This is what they do every day, and they're looking at this stuff. So, well, and everybody is so like watching the numbers and stuff. You know what I mean? And just like waiting for the magazine or waiting for the online stuff. And I want to see the numbers. And I want to see this. You know, the other thing. And then, and then if say it's a slow year or something, and the guys are like, "Well, where were all the ducks at?" You know, you got to understand too. The migration and the weather, yeah, and everything plays a huge part in what they're going to do when they're going to move through your area, you know what I mean? So numbers could be way up, but the weather could be just whack and we're just like not getting it and they're just stalled. So like, listen, it happens. Yeah. You know? And the other thing too, as a hunter, you know, (laughs) if, if you can't hunt on those four or five days of the year when the migration was on you missed it you missed it you know you might you're in that you're in that you know you might have had a bad season not because the ducks weren't there not because you didn't get the weather but because of your own circumstances you know there's a lot of factors you know there sure are when you know did you go how'd you shoot yeah did you sleep in? <laughs> <laughs> there's lot. There's there's yeah. lots of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There is a lot that goes into that. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. I, I look for I look for it, and I it, I guess what what I look at is as long as the numbers are up, then I know we're in good shape, right? So, you know, they're gonna we got a good chance they're gonna move. You know what I mean? They're gonna move through our area, and I got a good shot. So. I'm just going to get my days in and I'm going to hunt my weather days, especially, and I'm going to watch everything and every, every tool I got, I'm using, you know what I mean? Every app and, you know, you can get your hands on, I'm on it, you know, checking the weather by the minute (laughs) constantly. (laughs) It's dumb, but that's it. So, yeah. Is there anything coming that that we should be on the lookout as consumers of Delta? Uh, um, yeah, check our website, uh, deltawaterfall.org.org. Um, 
you know, we're, we're constantly writing about our programs and our science and, um, there's, I don't think there's any more huge announcements uh, on the immediate horizon. Obviously, uh, the Million Duck campaign is a huge undertaking. So, you know, we're still working toward that goal. And uh, But we are doing some exciting things. There, there's some, some really neat research coming up, and we're ramping up, you know, trying to trying to uh, produce as many ducks as we can. And uh, we're, you know, working on habitat initiatives, yeah. the Farm Bill. Um, and other things, uh, you know, um, so. And I think dinners and auctions and stuff, yeah. I think that's kind of kicked back in and, and yeah, I don't want to say back to normal, but maybe on the way back to normal, it, it, you know, it, it really has. Yeah. Um, in the United States a little bit more so than Canada, sure. but we're, sure. yeah. Um, we've been adding, uh, chapters and, and, uh, and, uh, regional directors to to start new chapters yeah. in some more regions. Um, so, yeah, our chapters are growing uh, exponentially, and I think I think that it's because of what we're doing. You know, it's exciting. We're we're really out there trying to make more ducks yeah. and and make sure that the habitat's there and and teach people about duck hunting. And the duck hunters, you know, we're like I said, we're kind of. We're kind of like, I don't want to say selfish, but you're not trying to give up your spots and stuff like that. But the thing about it is like the way we're going on hunter numbers in general, you got to get more people into it because, and we always talk about, oh, get the kids into it. And that's all well and good. But I tell everybody, get anybody into it. Yeah. Like who cares? Like I've taken some guys that were, you know, in their fifties or sixties, first time they went and they're like, this is so much fun. And it's like. You know what I mean? Get them, get them in because we are like, yep. We're almost like timing out like this generation of older hunters that was a huge part of the waterfowl percentage of hunters, and they're they're timing out. Yep. They don't go anymore. Maybe they, maybe they don't have somebody younger now that can take them. Like take the older guys. Yeah. Like take everybody. So our our uh, chief conservation officer Joel Bryce, you know he's kind of sh- not singularly, but he's kind of led the charge on this um, um, shift in philosophy in terms of hunter recruitment. Yeah. Um, in in what he says is, you know we need to take people who can repeat the experience. So that's a 20-year-old, a 25-year-old who has a vehicle, has some money, has a job, you know, can can uh, can get a shotgun, yeah. can get some decoys, can get to a place to hunt, right? So those are the kinds of folks that, you know, we're trying to target more and more to, to yeah. you know, through some of our programs. We have yeah. uh, First Hunt program, which is the... Um, I think we're nearing, if not over, a hundred thousand uh, participants in the life of that program. Cool. Yeah, and you know, so so we've kind of shifted the emphasis. Not that we don't want the twelve-year-old, sure, to learn hunting because sure. we do. You're just expanding it, though, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but if you take a twelve-year-old who has no connectivity to a hunter, yeah, but you um, better take their dad or mom. You know what I mean? Or grandpa or somebody else has to go because hopefully, like you said, that they can then take them and repeat the experience. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. You don't just like, 
Because I've, t- we, you know, we have a pretty good youth program in Oregon, and there's a whole refuge system set up where it's youth only. It it hunts once a week when they start it, and the cool thing they did is you could, you could ask like, say you don't know anything about duck hunting, but you draw. You could ask for a caller, like a volunteer caller, a volunteer to run the dog, like whatever you wanted. Like you could just ask. And I'll tell you what, my buddy James and I have done a ton of those and there's nothing like it because, and the parents have to go, there has to be a, a an adult to bring that and they're, and then they get into it. And then here we go. Like you said, you know, yep. that's the whole, that's the whole ticket. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's plenty of adults out there who just didn't have the opportunity like you and I and Tyler and Paul did growing up where our parents were already into it. Right. So we, of course, got taken. Sure. So getting those people to have that opportunity to decide definitely helps because then, you know, as they grow older and have kids of their own, they're now in our shoes. Right. So. Yeah, you got to keep it going. No doubt about it. And then just getting involved, like, you know, becoming a member, but then also going to your local chapter, reaching out. There's plenty of, they need plenty of help, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, buddy. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Volunteers, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of our chapters uh, do, uh, are very engaged in, in that hunter recruitment uh, um, portion of, of being part of Delta Waterfowl through First Hunt. You know, that's a, that's a volunteer-driven program. Um for Delta. Um, the other thing, uh, we've got chapters who put out, uh, hen houses and do wood duck box projects and, you know, other things that, that support conservation efforts. And they're really, the other thing that we haven't really talked about at all is, uh, our volunteers and our members are kind of the eyes and ears, uh, for Delta Waterfowl. One of the things we do as the Duck Hunters organization, we have something called Defending the Hunt. And basically what Defending the Hunt is, is if uh, a municipality decides, oh, they're going to close down hunting over here on this lake, well, more often than not, we get a call from a volunteer or a member to Delta, and we will um, we will fight that. We, we, you know, we fight for duck hunters. Right. Anytime, anywhere is what we say. And it's true. Like we will fight for, you know, because access is so important. We can't lose the, the access we have to hunt, right? So so that's something really cool that we do. And and our, our membership um, and our chapters are so important in that way. And they're really engaged too at, at the local and, and state and provincial levels um, in – in all manner of things, conservation, waterfall conservation. So, um, so it's, it's about more than just showing up for the banquet, but Hey, if we'd rather have you just show up for the banquet, if that, if that's your contribution, that's awesome. We'll take it. Right. If, if you can't make the banquet and you just want to support a membership, we'll take it. Absolutely. Everything helps. You know, you're doing your part. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Was there anything on the Million Duck campaign that we didn't didn't cover? I think we covered think, it off I think really we well. Yeah. Good. yeah, yeah, appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, send them all my way. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, you got you got anything else? 
No, no, I'm just wondering how I can cut, you know, that flight line off from Mario. So thinking <laughs> See, about that like, already. Come on, bro. <laughs> See, the, the, I'm not greedy. Just send some. I'll just take my little percentage, just like everybody else. I just want my piece. Just your your piece. Yeah. Small. Yeah. No. Half a mil. That's all. All I'd, right. Well, to kind of close this out, become a member, Delta Waterfowl Support. Um, check out FA. Check out Weatherby. Um, thanks for tuning in.